You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. Shh. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. <laughs> Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host, Sarah Wilson. Hello, this is Sarah Wilson with Teacher's Pet on PetLifeRadio.com. Today we're inside again because it's 14 degrees here in New Hampshire and that is too cold for dog or person to be outside doing much of anything. And today what I want to talk to you about are corrections. There's so much confusion about it. Let's start with the word. What do we call it? The behavioral people call it punishment. Now, the problem I have with the word punishment is the scientific definition just means anything that lessens a behavior. So taking a treat away from your dog or blocking them so they can't rush out a door is a punishment. But in our normal day-to-day lives, punishment means something harsh. It has a lot of emotional baggage to it. So I don't like to use the word punishment in general conversation because it's almost impossible to have a rational conversation about it without having that emotional baggage come along. So we're going to talk about corrections, which mean to me anything that helps the dog get it right without creating confusion, fear, or pain. So first we're going to listen to the sponsors, and then you're going to come back and we're going to talk about this a little bit, and then I'm going to demonstrate a few different ways that I commonly correct, quote-unquote, Pip during training to help her understand what I want better and to do what I'm always trying to do, get to good faster. Talk to you in a second. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Ugh. Okay, Teacher's Pet, with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson. Pay attention, there may be a quiz later. Okay, welcome back. This is Sarah Wilson on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. Corrections. For those of you who have been listening to my other episodes, you've heard me use a lot of them. You've also heard me laugh a lot. And that confuses people. Because they think, if I'm laughing, I can't be being effective. And if I'm being effective, I can't be having fun. And that is a myth. You can have a great time and be effective and love the type of trainer you are and the results you get in your dog. And if I can get you thinking this way, I will be one happy person. First thing to contemplate. So when you're teaching commands, all your dog knows about the commands, the entire knowledge set they have, comes from a human being. Hopefully from you, but it could be from a previous owner. So if they don't do it the way you want them to do it, it's because they don't understand what you want. I do not believe in stubborn, difficult, or spiteful dogs in general, and I really don't believe in it when it comes to commands. What I do believe in are frustrated, confused, and upset people. We think we're communicating clearly, and we think the dog should understand it, and then when the dog doesn't behave the way we want them to, we blame the dog. No, it just means they're confused about something, all right? Everything the dog knows about sit down, come, stay, wait, leave it, whatever you're teaching them, they learn from a human being, probably from you. So if they're not responding the way you want them to, what I want you to think about is how to slow it down, break it down, and reward more frequently. That is often the correction that I choose. I choose to slow it down, break it down, reward more frequently. I try to slow it down, so it's less confusing. Often when we people get upset or things aren't working, we speed up. Sit, 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 sit. And the dog goes, whoa, whoa, I didn't understand the first one. I sure don't understand the Gatling gun approach. All right? Break it down. Meaning, if the dog isn't coming from 10 feet away, start closer. Find the point that your dog goes, I kind of understand. I almost understand and work there to improve it because if they really get confused at four feet, 40 feet ain't going to get any better. Pat Pirelli, you guys always hear me talk about the Pirellis, horse trainers. One of the things he says is taking the time it takes, takes less time. And he is absolutely right. Thumping along on some behavior your dog doesn't understand. You try to call them away from the fence line when they're barking. They don't come. Tomorrow you try to call them away from the fence line. Wednesday, you try to call them away from the fence line. And what happens, they don't get any better because you're not actually practicing success, are you? You're actually practicing failure. And what does your dog get better at? Ignoring your recall at the fence line. Practicing failure does not create success. Let's talk specifically about some corrections because that's an area where so many people are confused. What are some of the corrections you've heard me use here on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio? Well, when we were outside working on the listening when outside section, Pip got up when I kicked the ball near her. I took her by the collar and I guided her back. I did not yank her back. I did not drag her back. I didn't pick her up by the collar, all things I've seen, because that would create what? Confusion and fear. I don't want that. Nobody learns when they're confused and fearful. 
I want to be clear, but I don't want to be emotional. So what you will hear me do is get quiet, and usually I just gently put them back in the position. Now my dogs are taught how to be guided. They know what my touch means. When I touch their rear a certain way, they understand, all right, that means sit. I give gentle pressure on the collar downward. They go, oh yeah, that means down. I use gentle pressure forward. They say, oh, I'm supposed to follow that. So I teach those things separately so that when I need to communicate with my dog, I can do so really effectively. And again, no confusion. The dog goes, oh, I understand what she wants now. She wants that thing we've already done. Easy. And what did I do when she got to the position I wanted her to be in? I praised her, right? Because your goal is always to get to the praiseable moment. Always, always, always seek the praiseable moment. And if you do that, your dog is going to relax and really enjoy training. Too often, especially if we were raised with punitive training methods, if we were raised with teachers who taught us by shaming us or embarrassing us or pointing out our failures, that's our template in our brain for what teaching is. So we click back into it with our dogs. We think, oh, she's not doing it right. Oh, she's going to get that wrong. Oh, again, she's making the same mistake. And we begin to have that feeling that our dog is wrong or stupid or being difficult. And once you get that feeling, once your dog starts to not become your partner, but starts to become that them who's difficult, now you're on your way to losing control with your dog or doing something that you're not going to be happy with. So you watch that mentally. And anytime you hear yourself thinking, oh, she's so difficult about this, or she's just stupid, or oh, she's so stubborn, I want you to think, wow, she's so confused. She's so confused about this. Because once you start thinking confused, you'll remember that it's your job to help her learn. It's not your job to make her wrong. She can't be wrong if it's something that you are entirely responsible for teaching. All she can be is either uninformed or confused. Really embrace that and your training will Take off. Take off. Last week in place, the little Italian greyhound puppy, who was so cute, but that's a whole nother topic. All right, little Italian greyhound puppy, I turned to her for place and she lay down half on, half off the mat. What did I do? I paused and I looked away from her for a second. And she thought, oh, wait, that's not what I want. That's not what I want. And she was able to think it through. I didn't confuse her. Her brain was working. So she was able to get up and lie back down on the mat. If she had lay down half on, half off the mat, and I had gone, no, please, what would she have done? She would have gone, ah, what? Because she doesn't know. It's like you have a teacher if I was teaching you, and you're just standing there in the room. You, you don't know. And I walk up to you go, no, shame on you. God, she's stubborn. And you go, wait, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, see, she's being difficult again. Does that make you want to learn? Does that make you want to participate with me? You know the most sacred thing you've got as a trainer? The single most sacred thing you've got is your dog's willingness to participate. You lose that and you lose everything. I protect that with my life as a trainer. But does that mean at the same point that I let her quote unquote do whatever she wants? Ooh, absolutely not. 
One of my tenets that I always think and say in my classes is never optional, always pleasant. Never optional, always pleasant. You will do this, and I will make you glad you did. So while I'm laughing and having a blast, I am not confusing my dog by being unclear with him or her. Because I consider that a form of, well, meanness. We're trying to be nice. And again, often it is the people who had the most punitive teaching methods themselves that have the hardest time finding that calm, clear, loving leader that doesn't punish to create fear or pain or to belittle, but also doesn't confuse. Women in particular, we're socialized to be pleasant and nice and to be patient and to be loving. And when can we be assertive? When we're angry and frustrated. So we bring that to our training. We try to be nice and pleasant and maybe not all that clear and we get frustrated and then we get angry because we can only get assertive in our culture when we get angry and then we feel terrible that we got angry and then we go back to being endlessly patient. Ah! It's enough to make a dog crazy and it doesn't do anything for us either. In our culture, a woman who is clear and absolutely goes for what she wants but she's not emotional, you know what we call that? It begins with a B and it rhymes with which. Of course, those of us in the dog world kind of take that as a compliment, don't we? Because we know a good B is a fine thing. But in any case, we get labeled. So it can be really uncomfortable at first for us to learn to go for exactly what we want without bringing that anger and frustration with us. I was talking to somebody um, a few months back and she was talking about handling uh, her horse. And this is, it doesn't matter whether it's the dog, the horse, whatever, it's all the same thing. And she was frustrated by something and frustrated by something and she kept sort of working on it and then she just lost it and she said, I made the horse do it and she did it. And that's always said in a way of sort of asking for permission and forgiveness for it. Like, I didn't have a choice. I had to get that way because that's the only way the horse would listen. No, 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 no. No, you could be just as assertive and effective without being angry at all. That's a whole new skill set. And when you learn this, <laughs> often I tell women in my classes, warn your husband. Warn your husband, because things are about to change. Instead of sort of letting things go for weeks and weeks that you're annoyed about, but you don't know how to talk about, and you don't want to get angry and then blowing up, you start saying, you know, honey, I'm really uncomfortable when you do that. And they look and they go, huh? And you can have a calm, unemotional discussion about what you want. Shocking. So much easier. But that, again, is a whole nother episode. Today, we're talking about corrections. So what we're going to do next is I'm going to work with Pip on a few things that I think will cause her to need me to help her. One of them from last week is when I asked her to be up on the landing out of sight of place. That was hard for her. So I realized I hadn't really done a lot of work with her holding position out of sight. So we're going to do that and I'm going to talk you through the corrections I do. And one of the things I want you to think about is every time you help your dog, no matter how neutrally you do it, 
you're going to create some level of additional pressure for the dog because they're going to try to be figuring this out. So one of the things I always do is if I have to guide her back or block her back or send her back, no matter how calmly I do it, that I reward her faster and I may give her a break in between sets and just pet her or talk to her and let her relax a little bit and then come back into it. Don't rush this. Take your time and the more pressure that ends up going on your dog, the more breaks you take and the faster you reward. And that way again, that keeps them thinking and it keeps them in the game. It also keeps you more relaxed and allows you to take a break and reset because training is a dance of two and your emotional realities and your headset are just as important as the dogs. Let's hear from our sponsors and take a little break while I get downstairs with Pip and set things up. I'll talk to you in a minute. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Will your dog have a bone to pick with you tomorrow? Is your cat planning a hissy fit? Follow the dog star to Pet Life Radio for Lucky Stars. Our weekly pet horoscopes. Whether your retriever's a believer or your Pekingese disagrees, this is the place to find out what the stars hold for your favorite furry friend. So pull up a crystal ball every week with your host, international pet astrologer, and earth, fire, water, and air, Dale Lucky. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Sarah Wilson, and we are down in the basement training room next to the wood stove. Ben, our cat, is sleeping in front of it, enjoying his... <laughs> enjoying a nap. And why am I laughing? You know why I'm laughing, because of PIP. And what'd she do? She just ran over and threw herself into her place position. What we're going to do now is I want to set her up 
to make a mistake, which is so against my training. It's going to be hard. We'll see if I can pull it off because generally I see my job as setting her up for success, setting her up for success over and over and over again, and then asking more when she understands. What I've done is pulled out a very kennel, and I'm going to work on having her lie down behind it and to allow me to go out of sight without her popping up or coming to see me. And she's such a little eager beaver and busybody that this is going to be a challenge for her, I think. Pip, come here. Good girl. <laughs> oh, what'd she do? She went to jump up on the very kennel because that's who she, yeah, good girl off. Good. Very nice. She popped off and she's sitting. She's looking at me like, what are we doing? Excellent. Good. Here. Down. Good. And she's already up. Down. I guided her, and now I'm going to just tickle her on the side, on the side back by the flank, and ask her. We're actually having a big discussion about down. Over. Good. Very nice. And I just put her off on one hip by gently pressing back by the hip. She does not even want to down here, and that's good in this situation because I want to show you what I do. So I had to actually guide her down a few times because she doesn't like this position. I guess it's too tight between the wall and the crate, whatever it is. It's more of an opportunity than I thought. And because I had to guide her down several times, I'm hanging out here and stroking her and massaging down her back and getting her to relax in this position. And she doesn't even look remotely relaxed. <laughs> All right, now she's going belly up. And I'm scratching her for a second. And I think now she's maybe relaxed enough to leave. Down. Wait. I'm going to step out of sight and right back. I do not want to wait for her to fail. I want to catch her doing it right. All right? So don't step out and see how long she can stay there. Uh-uh-uh. There's an old saying about having achieved success, you rush headlong toward failure. Avoid that. Avoid that. Enjoy the success. She's lying down. She's behind the crate. Wait. I'm going to step out of view. I'm going to step right back. Good, very good. That was nice. Gave her a little treat between her paws. Now I'm going to step out of view again. And it's actually not that out of view because she's got a long neck and this is a small crate. Good, very nice. I come right back and reward her. Good. Okay. Now I'm releasing her because what was the hardest part of that whole behavior for her? It was the startup. She had a really hard time lying down back there. For some reason, I have no idea why. I'm gathering it's because it's close to the wall, but frankly, it's not that close to the wall. So who knows why? But I'm going to practice that part until she gets relaxed with it. And she's standing back on place because last time we came down here, that's what we were doing. Okay, good girl. Down. <laughs> okay, the problem with lying down behind the crate is over. Good girl. That's done. Wait, because I made her successful... I rewarded her. All right, I went out of sight and she popped up. Perfect. I'm coming back. She lay back down. I didn't do anything. Oh, good. We've hit a point of confusion. I'm going to gently take her by her collar, guide her down. Good. Wait. This is what I wanted. Now, what I'm not doing, notice, is I'm not saying, <gasps> no, down, because uh, uh, she's already confused. You get that? She's already confused. She says, I've never had to stay out of sight before. I don't know what you want. It's a perfectly natural thing for her to do, to pop up into the sit position so she can see me. Why would I add fear to this or confusion or make her think that she's wrong or worried? I don't need to do that to be effective. All I need to be is persistent. 
persistence is more important than punishment. I'm simply going to say, this is what I need you to do. Now the other thing I'm going to do is apparently when I walked all the way across to the other side of the room, that was too far and she popped up. My guess is it's because I'm walking close to her place bed and she wants to make sure I'm not going to ask her to do something like run there because she loves place. But that's my working hypothesis. I could be entirely wrong. It's important to remember as a trainer, you could be entirely wrong. And if I was entirely wrong and I punished my dog and it turned out that this was my mistake, I'll tell you, I've done that in my time as a trainer and that feels lousy. Lousy, lousy, lousy. And as I've gone along in training, it's become clear to me that most mistakes my dogs make, it's due to me as a trainer. It's true for you too. Your dog makes a mistake, it's because they don't understand. So we're going to try this again. Wait, I'm going to walk, yep, as I thought. Good. I turned back, she simply lay back down. Her ears are up. <laughs> what has she done? She's laid down so she can see me. This is going to be hard. We're going to have to actually focus on teaching you now and not talking on the radio. She's arranged it so she's behind the crate but can see me. This is the problem for her that I thought it was, is a hole in training. And what do you do when you find a hole in training? You celebrate. You say, great, now I've got a chance to straighten this out in her head. Wonderful. What I'm going to do is step in and out of her line of sight and do it fairly quickly so that she is successful. Wait. I step out of sight, I come back. Good, very good. That was excellent. Wait, I step out of sight, I come back. Good, very nice. Wait, I step out of sight, nice. Good girl, good. Notice too, good girl, okay. Notice too that I am praising her as I'm stepping out of sight because there's no reason that I can't verbally support her in that position. With a lot of stay situations, what do people do? Stay. Stay. And then they're silent. And the dog doesn't understand that they're doing it right. Often in dog training, silence means the owner is somehow upset or disappointed. This causes a lot of problems in the ring, by the way. If you train nice and happy with a lot of praise and you go in the ring and you get silent, your dog can start thinking that you have a ring issue and they start getting tense about it. But in any case, with stay, the dog gets no feedback other than the command and then often they get punished for making a mistake. But they're not supported in between time. So I do a lot of support in between time. I want her to know every time she makes a good choice, that's it. That's the good choice. And as she gets more comfortable and more experienced, then I can start fading the supports if I need to. But not now when we're doing something brand new. And guess where she is? She's standing on her place. You're very cute. Okay, good. Yeah, we're still not jumping up in the crate, but thanks for asking. Good girl. Down. Wait. Very happy to lie down there and just lay down so she, whoops, that's what I wanted. I'm coming back to her. I wanted for this case. She stood up. Good. Wait. I guided her down. That's it. Good. Very good. So that guiding her down told her, I want you to stay in this position, but her ears are still up. She's lying on one hip. She's not at all freaked out or concerned. She just got the message, oops, I should probably park it. And that's what I want. I want the message to be delivered without any of the side commentary of stress or worry. Good, very good. That was wonderful. Good girl. Okay, so I released her. All right, she not, didn't release. <laughs> She's decided, like the PLACE spot, that this is a rewardable spot and she actually likes it. Good girl. Okay, come on, you gotta get up. 
Now that she's found that a rewardable spot, oh, funny, she's standing in between the two locations. Instead of running to her bed and popping into place, she's now standing between the two spots, looking at me, saying, which one should I go to? Both are good. So now that this is a really strong and good spot, I'm going to actually push the crate back and see if we can do some work on the landing, which was the hard part last week when uh, she didn't want to be out of sight on the landing. So we'll work this. Give me some stairs workout too. Pip, good girl. Up. Good girl. Back. Good girl. Good girl. So she's now up on the landing. Down. Good. Wait. And I'm going to go down. And I'm going to step out of sight. And the minute I start to go out of sight, she gets up. So I'm going to come back upstairs, guide her back to the landing, guide her down. Wait. That was it. That was the correction. Are you terrified? Are you shaking in your boots? Good girl. Good. Very nice. Whoops. She held a little longer that time, but still didn't hold it. Back we go. Back I guide. Wait. And we try it again. Because I'm going to be persistent. I'm helping her understand this new thing. Beautiful. That was good. She got it that time. Didn't stand back up. Very good. Nice. Now, because I had to guide her down a few times, I'm going to sit up here and give her a couple of treats because I want her to think, oh, this is a good spot to be in. Turns out, even though I can't look at things, it's a good spot. And I'm rubbing down her back for a minute. And I'm rubbing an ear for a minute. Good. Wait. Because if I do my job right... Pretty soon she's going to say, could you step out of sight? Because the best things happen. Oh, and that time she held it beautifully. Why not? Good girl. Because this is a great situation. Whoopsie, sorry. <laughs> I thought I was kneeling on one stair and I knelt on another. Um, it's a great situation where you can see never optional, always pleasant. I made it clear this is what you need to do. We'll do one more round here, sweet pea. Wait. This is what you need to do, but I'm going to make it well worth your while to do it. And stepped all the way out of sight. Pause for a second. Beautiful. Good. Nice. That was super. That was so good, little one. You are such a smart bean. Good. Okay. <laughs> and again, I, we right now have a broken okay because she won't get up. Was that very long that I had her wait? No. Uh-uh. Because it's more important to me that she get the feeling of, wow, when she steps out of sight, that's great news because she's going to be back in a second and I'm going to get praise and I'm going to get rubbed and I'm going to get a treat or two or three. What a great game. I hope she decides to go out of sight. The best things happen when she's out of sight. And when she asks, I consider this asking a question. When she stands up, she says, Ooh, you're out of sight. I'm not comfortable with that. Is this okay? And I just walked back and guided her and said, Nah, nah, not what I want. And that's all the information I had to give her. And I had to give it two or two or three times. Two or three times behind the crate to begin with, and two or three times up on the landing. I don't care how long it takes her to learn. Because by being persistent, what did it end up taking us? Two minutes? Five minutes? If <laughs> and guess where my girl is? She's standing on the top step where she can have two paws on the landing and be looking at me saying, could we please play this game again? Ha! That's what I call a successful training session. So I'm going to leave you with those thoughts. 
Go and create success in your dog. Have fun and use corrections in ways that are helpful but not frightening. And you and your dog are going to make so much headway, you're going to have a blast and you're going to see that yet again, any dog can be a teacher's pet. This is Sarah Wilson on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio, and I will see you next week. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.